the Center for Interfaith Cooperation in Indianapolis, Indiana, is dedicated to building peaceful dialogue among and between different faith communities with the help of a diverse board of faith leaders who have incredible stories that inform their interfaith work. Today we have Betty Brandt with us. Welcome, Betty. Thank you. It's great to have you here, and I would love to start with just having you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how you became involved with the CIC. Anything of that sort would be great. Well, I'm the director of the Spiritual Life Center at St. Luke's United Methodist Church, which is a relatively large Methodist church on the north side of Indianapolis. And we started having interfaith programs about uh, 2008, Mm. so that I had been involved in creating those programs. And then I got the opportunity, I was invited to become, to get on the board of CIC about five years ago. So I jumped at that opportunity because I already had some major interest in interfaith work in the city. Mm -hmm. Was it pretty welcome by your congregation, this interfaith focus? Um, I would say that it is a huge congregation. There's like almost 7,000 people. So to say, is it welcome by the congregation is too broad because everything operates in in segments of the of the congregation that are interested in various things. Absolutely. So yes, there was a segment of the popu- of the congregation that was interested in interfaith and would turn out for programming. That's I would amazing. not say it was the whole 7,000 people, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm hoping later in the podcast too to kind of unwrap how we can play interfaith in some of these specific religious circles and how we can kind of unwrap understanding its roles in regards to more like exclusive language that I've experienced, I know, in Christianity, where Mm. it's trying to figure out how you can pursue your religion wholeheartedly and also interact with others of different faiths. So maybe at some point, um, but I would love to start too with just understanding your faith journey and where you started and some maybe really impactful moments that happened along the way. Okay, well, uh, I'm not embarrassed to say that I'm 75 years old, so uh, I have a long, long tradition, and I, uh, I joke that I was carried from the hospital into a church service because my, my family was very churched and had been churched for generations. Uh, the church that I was carried into uh, was a little Baptist church in North Wales, uh, Pennsylvania, which was a suburb of, um, of Philadelphia where my grandmother had sort of been running the show for a long time. So um, it was uh, was a typical Baptist church, Um, but my mother did not have much denominational allegiance. Mm -hmm. So every time we moved, she would just find the church that she liked the best. (laughs) So so then I've also been Presbyterian, and now I'm Methodist. Mm -hmm. And um, I must admit that uh, I think I followed in my mother's footsteps. I don't have a lot of denominational um, <laughs> loyalty either. Um, even though I work at a Methodist church and I'm on staff there, um, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of other experiences along the way. I've also traveled a great deal. I've been very, very fortunate to be able to travel. So um, I've had experience of, of being in Muslim com- countries and being in uh, in Israel, which is a, you know, a Jewish country. So... Um, so that has enriched my experience along the way to be able to get up and hear the call to prayer in the morning and mm-hmm. have that kind of uh, just everydayness of a religion instead of reading it in a book. 
Mm -hmm. makes a big difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Getting those experiences and building relationships. Yeah. Right. Have you found there to be a lot of differences between the denominations or within the um, Christian faith uh, or more similarities or differences? What does that look like? Well, I think there are, uh, there are, I can't remember, 7,000 200 or so. I can't even remember the number of of denominations, so I can't speak to all of that. Um, All the denominations that I've been a part of have been pretty progressive liberal uh, versions of those of those congregations. The Presbyterian church that I predominantly grew up in was a social action church in a Chicago suburb. And so it 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 was a very liberal kind of uh, approach to the Christian tradition, which I would say is still where I am today in a very progressive church. Mm-hmm. But there are very conservative um, uh, Christian churches that are very different than the theology is different, the way the rituals are different, the, everything is, is different and it's still all mm-hmm. Protestant Christianity. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of diversity. Yeah. I think there's a lot of diversity within all the faith traditions. Oh, I think there's, you know, there's very, very conservative uh, Jewish traditions and there's very liberal Jewish traditions. So. Mm-hmm. Can you speak, I know recently within the Methodist Church, there's been a lot go down um, in regards to welcoming people of the LGBTQ community. Can you speak to that at all with St. Luke's and how um, that's been more inclusive? Sure. Uh, St. Luke's has been inclusive for um, decades, for a very, very long time. We have been welcoming of LGBT. We probably wouldn't, 30 years ago, we wouldn't have called it LGBT, but, but we were very welcoming. Um, so we still are. Uh, the, uh, the clergy at St. Luke's are very forthright about um, everybody's welcome, and I think we live that out, and I think the people who are a part of the congregation know that. They feel affirmed. They feel like they're, uh, they are welcome in that congregation. That I would say that's not true of all Methodist congregations, but certainly it's true of St. Luke's. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I myself am Methodist too, mm. so there's been a lot of questions surrounding so, that whole issue, and I know there's still a lot to come. There's a lot, um, right. There's a lot of uncertainty, yeah. Exactly. But to continue to be inclusive, I think, is so important. And it's a lot of what interfaith is too, and mm. seeing all these different conversations come together in a peaceful way, I think, is what the CIC stands for. Um, Can you speak to some of the conversations maybe or what you've learned um, since your time on the board with the CIC? Yeah, um, because CIC offers so many opportunities for uh, programs and personal relationships and learning about other faiths, but just building relationships with other people, working together, uh, it becomes apparent pretty quickly that we are more alike than we are different. We may have theological differences, but there are the core principles of almost all the traditions about um, taking care of the poor and um, uh, serving others and being compassionate and leaning into those kinds of values, universal values, is what strengthens all of us. Mm -hmm. So I would not say that I don't think I've ever been at a board meeting or any other function where we've gotten into a, an argument about some theological issue because that doesn't appear to be very fruitful. So I would say that the, um, 
the core values of all the religions bring us together and help us work together to make a better city, a better world. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And the richness of learning about the other traditions. Um, Barbara Brown Taylor, who was just in town a couple of weeks ago, she's a Christian writer, um, just wrote a book called, um, it's about envy, because she thinks every time she studies another religious tradition, she thinks, ooh, I, would, I could do that. <laughs> I would love to be a part of that. Um, and then how that then strengthens her own, her own religion, her own uh, values, because she sees the, the, uh, the beauty of, of, and the mm-hmm. valuing of, of all the traditions. Yeah, I like that a lot. So mm-hmm. can you, do you think that your interactions with people of different faiths has strengthened your own as well? Or does sometimes you leave some conversations questioning why you do things the way you do in comparison? Hmm. Well, well, I would say that uh, learning about other faith traditions certainly gives me a lot of respect for the diversity that we have not only in the United States but all around the world Mm. and that each person feels strongly about his or her own tradition for good reason Mm -hmm. and that it let's say you know here I I was born in Covington Kentucky you know I was born sort of not too far from where we live right now if I had been born in India I would undoubtedly be a Hindu Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but because I was born in Kentucky into a Baptist family I wound up being Christian, but I do, don't think that that would have happened if I had been born someplace else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and I think I could have been as good a Hindu as I am a Christian, because that would have been my tradition and that would have been my path, my path to the, the divine, and and that I I have respect for that for for other traditions and for their valuing of their own faith. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And looking, in case listeners don't know really what uh, the Christian perspective is on faith or how you live that faith out day to day, could you give some perspective as to what the Christian faith is and wow. what that means to you? I know that's a loaded question. Well, it, but... it isn't, it isn't, because it's love God, love your neighbor. I think it, it distills down to that. And so there is the, um, I think of it as kind of the infinity sign where part of it is the um the personal relationship with the divine and then and the contemplation and the spiritual disciplines and all those but then that forces you out into service to the community and and service to uh, you know to to your fellow men and women children everybody but then that forces you back in to um to study into contemplation, which then fills you up, which then back out you go into the world, which then, you know, then you come back in to get restored again, and out you go. So it's I I think of it as a as a never ending stream of both um, loving God and loving neighbor. That's cool. I like that. That was really succinct. You're right. <laughs> um, and as I mentioned before, something that I've wrestled with and I've mentioned in some other um, podcasts as well is this question of kind of exclusivity in regards to Christianity and saying that like this is the way the Great Commission and that you want to convert others right to your religion because you believe it's um, right and it's the ultimate truth right Um, how do you reconcile that belief with interfaith work and ensuring that you're truly getting to know these people and valuing that their faith is distinct and should remain distinct 
Well, right off the bat, uh, I I do not believe. I think you probably already figured that out since I said if I thought I'd been a but <laughs> born in India, I'd be a Hindu. Um, I do not believe that uh, there is um, only one path to the divine. So since I believe that there are multiple paths and that they all have value, um, I don't have any, there is no conflict for me. I can see how if I believed in a different way, there would be a conflict. Um, and I don't know how people sort that out who, who really believe that everybody else is going to hell but them. Um, I, I cannot believe uh, in a loving God who operates like that. I think that says more about what somebody's version of God is than who God really is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of imposing your own image kind of thing. And well, it's kind of this unknown right, right. <laughs> being or right. whatever. Yeah. Right. But to imagine that God has a, a, narrow, a narrow view of who God loves appears to me to be uh, off the mark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Looking at your travels, have there been any standout moments where you've been able mm. to interact with different cultures that you've mm. thoroughly enjoyed? Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I was in Morocco a couple of years ago, and we had the the opportunity to be to have a, a tour guide who had who was born in Morocco. He's now an American citizen. He married a, an American. But he had great um, roots and understanding of the of Morocco, and was able to arrange for us to be in the presence of lots of um, really sacred, uh, holy people. So opportunities that the the average tourist wouldn't get, just wandering around or on a let's say an IU tour or some other kind of more secular tour. So we had very intimate moments with. Um, with small groups and, and religious people that sometimes we didn't have the language. There was a language barrier, but there was no emotional barrier. There was no, there was that knowing that these were holy moments, that mm -hmm. these sincere people were in fact um, calling forth the divine. Mm -hmm. And and I can summon up the images of that and the feelings of that, just re, you know, talking about it again. Uh, there were a, it was a group of twelve of us, and so it was it was a very intimate kind of group, and we had a lot of really powerful moments in mosques and homes and uh, on the roof of a home and all just all over in Morocco. It was very powerful. Mm -hmm. Was that your favorite country? You think that you visited? Morocco? I liked it a lot. <laughs> The other country I really like is uh, Holland. I, I like oh, the Netherlands Holland. a lot. What did you do there? Was that also faith-related? No, that wasn't. No, that was more just um, an opportunity to be there. We were there during during when the tulips were oh. were blooming, so we had an opportunity to go to Kukanoff, which is, you know, it's the Queen's Garden, but now it's a, a big um, showcase for bulbs and we went to the tulip parade, which is kind of like the Rose Bowl parade, and oh, cool! Well, did all kinds of things that are, uh, you know, just really kind of unusual, different mm -hmm. from what you can get in the United States. So. Yeah, I think travel is so important. You're able to really gain perspective on where mm -hmm. you live in the world and your position in the world and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. 
Yeah, Rick Steves. There was an article about Rick Steves in the New York Times Magazine just this last Sunday, and, and he was, is a big fan of America. He just thinks America's wonderful. But he <laughs> also thinks that Americans need to get out of their box and fall in love with the rest of the world. Hmm. And, of course, that's what his life is, is helping people fall in love with the rest of the world. And I agree with him. I think we all, if we've got the money and the ability to travel, it, it just changes your life. Mm-hmm. To, to know that people around the world are just like you. Definitely. I'm looking at, just say that there's a person and somebody who's super comfortable living in their bubble, right, and doesn't want to go far outside that. How would you encourage that person to take a leap and kind of the things that you've learned through your experiences going outside your own personal bubble? Well, I would say um, take a little step, like the... <laughs> the Center for Interfaith Co- Cooperation has a big festival of faith downtown in the oh, fall. Yeah. Go to that. Go to the booth where the Sikhs are tying turbans. Go talk to the uh, the Hindus. Go to the different booths and just talk to the people. You don't even have to leave town because they're all right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to Bloomington to the um, Tibetan Center down there. There are places right here in central Indiana where you can learn about other traditions it doesn't. It's not going to cost you any money. Uh, you I mean, it might give you take five or six hours of your time, but you know everybody wastes that much time anyway. So <laughs> you don't have to go to Jerusalem. You don't have to go to Morocco. You don't. I mean, it's great if you can, but take a first step and just see. You know, just meet these people and and talk to them and learn a little bit. Right. That's a one step point. will learn to another, lead to another. Be curious. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Initially, when I came to Indianapolis, I had no idea of all the diversity that exists. There's so much diversity. Um, An enormous amount. Yeah, looking at the CIC and all the different people that it's able to represent is insane to me. Right. Amazing. And we have some gorgeous structures. The the Greek Orthodox Church. Mm -hmm. um, There's a new um, Coptic church in, in Carmel. There are just some uh, beautiful, beautiful church structures uh, architecturally that mm-hmm. that call to people whatever their tradition is. The beauty um, of of these places call, and and they're right here for us to yeah visit which and is enjoy. So neat. Right, awesome. Right. And to just to summarize, kind of where you're at with interfaith, I would love to hear what is interfaith to you. What do you see it as? Well, I really see it as the future of the world. Um, because um, we certainly, if we're going to, well, if we're going to exist, if we can solve the environmental problem, but <laughs> if, if we're going to get exist and get along, we have to learn about other people and accept their traditions and, and, their, and their values. And so without that, we will be in a, in a continuous state of war trying mm-hmm. to prove that we're the best or that we're the only or that we're somehow the chosen ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so learning about the others is our way into the into the future as far as I'm concerned. And my granddaughters go to an a, a, uh, Orchard Park school in Carmel, and that's like a little UN. When I go really? there to their, for their uh, music performances, um, there are Hindus and Asians and Hispanics and... African Americans and Africans and uh, just the, it's just a little UN at their school and it, and it, so they're growing up in that kind of environment so they'll expect 
that's who their friends will be. That's who they'll know. They ex- they'll expect that diversity mm-hmm. rather than my growing up, which was very waspish and uh, <laughs> you know, um, very, very different. Very different. Yeah. yeah. You're continuously, I feel like, interacting with people who are different than you nowadays as people, the world becomes more and more globalized, right? right? So right. it's important to gain these skills to be able to interact and peacefully interact. Right. Definitely. Right. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure getting to know you and hearing your insights and everything. Um, Listeners, please stay tuned for other great stories from different board members and what they have to say. Visit the Center for Interfaith Cooperation.org for more information and ways to get involved. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned.